I'm Brianna McHenry. And I'm Stephanie Delaporta. And we are your guides for the When in Bloom podcast. Join us weekly as we include tips, tricks, and alignment tools that support us on our personal journeys. Bringing you back to the knowing that you have all that you need within you to bloom. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to our podcast, the When in Bloom podcast. Today, we are talking all about the elements. And if you listen to last week's episode, we did kind of hint that maybe we were going to do an episode on this. Well, that hint became a certainty, and now we're doing it. So (laughs) this episode is pretty much all about bringing the elements into our everyday life, coming back to the natural way, like the sacred way, the ancient way of living, being at one with the earth and the cosmos, and just realizing how important the elements are to our lives here on earth and how we can work with them physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. And this just really helps us better understand ourselves, uh, syncing our bodily energies with the infinite ocean of universal energy. So the five elements that we are going to be talking about today are the same elements that the human body and the cosmos itself is essentially made of. It's so it's space or ether, fire, water, air, and earth. And everything in nature is made up of these five basic elements. But we're also going to talk about a sixth element, light. And this is where the sun and the moon will fall under. Yay. I'm so excited for this. I've been using the elements like since I was born, I didn't even realize (laughs) that I was doing it. And even now, like I find so much power in literally all of them. I really connect the most right now to the sun and to the wind, but I just think it's that time of year. Yeah. That's so, (laughs) so funny hearing you say that. I love that, (laughs) that you've been connected with them forever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to say that, um, you know, it's, it's so interesting because the elements are pretty much like our cosmic collaborators. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like our, the cosmic catalyst to our well being because everything we need comes from all of these elements because we're made of these elements. And It was David, I was watching something the other day and it was David Wilcock and he was talking about the source field and that we're living in a source field. And this source field is kind of like a principle that space, time, matter, energy, and biological life are a part of a universal consciousness that in fact, the universe itself is alive and that it has created life for the purpose of expressing itself. And that kind of goes back to what we always talk about when we, we've said this in so many of our episodes, how we're all fragments of source. And that's what it is. It's like source expressing itself as fragments of itself. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking the other day too, even that like tying it in with religion, because there's some people that I've been doing readings for who like heavily relate to Christianity. And so instead of explaining it, that we're fragments of source, I'm literally like, we're just fragments of God, like, which of course means the same exact thing, but it like allows other people to better understand it or even how, and it makes sense. Cause even in the Bible, like 
or <laughs> the Bible, the edition that I know, <laughs> like I know there's so many different editions and like different versions of it, but they basically say that like everyone is your brother and sister and you're all children's like the child of God. And it's like, duh, like you're all fragments of source is just like a different way of saying it. Sorry. I'm just like laughing over here. <laughs> just with the way you said that. No, that's, that's so true. It's so true because it's however we resonate with it. I mean, I use those words so interchangeably, just depending on how I feel that day, it could be source, it could be universe, it could be God, it could be goddess, it could be Jesus, it could be, you know what I mean? It could be really anything, right? So I think it's so good that you made a point about that. Because there really is this deep esoteric knowledge that has been passed down to us through religions through mystery schools, and even through modern mystical traditions. So you're absolutely right. The elements have been such a big part of teachings throughout Earth's history. And I think it we're at that point in time where we're coming back to that. It's like, yeah. burn the school textbooks and let's get back to the old way of doing things. Yeah, I know. It's so true. And it feels like people now are even like reading the textbooks and being like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't true to me. And then in turn, it's bringing them back to themselves and like using their own discernment and their own inner voices guidance, or like even just themselves as their own teacher. Like it's crazy. The amount of things that I intuitively know how to do. Like I am my own teacher for a lot of things. I just know how to do it. And nature is one of my greatest teachers too, which makes sense because we are nature. So we are our greatest teacher. That's so funny. It kind of just comes all the way back. That's right. That's right. When we were talking earlier too, I got the download that um, elements are also connected with different seasons. So like for me in the summer, I so resonate with fire, of course. And (laughs) in the fall, it starts turning into air. Like, so here it's summer, like it's in about August is when summer will get really hot, but then I feel like fall winds come in and you can just tell like that the seasons are going to change and that the energy is going to change from fire to air. And then that makes me feel like winter is like water season with all of the ice and all of the snow that's literally everywhere all around us. Um, so I guess that would make, yeah, spring is super earthy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then of course, cosmos and lights is just like ongoing. It's almost like that's like the top and the bottom of the little like cube. That was great. I won't even, I don't even need to say anything. You said it all. (laughs) I took it. I took it. I took the download. It's so good though, because the concept that the universe itself is a living organism. And then you as a reflection of the universe It's like the consciousness of the universe is your consciousness. So that's what we're talking about. Kind of bringing the, like learning to, when you get to know the elements and how to work with them, you really get to know yourself because it's all one. And I'm not even going to lie. Some things I want to talk about later on have a little bit of scientific knowledge to them (laughs) because yeah, I think it's good. I really think like the knowledge scientifically is needed to break down the conditioning. Yep. I agree. 
um, completely because not everyone knows things. I was talking to someone yesterday and he was giving me the exact scientific like formulas of how I like intuitively do things. And I was like, wait, you can see like my method in science and it helps. Yeah. It makes it way more digestible for people that don't just have that inner knowing or like for Virgos who need to see everything black and white. That's exactly it. And I really, really believe that there has been a really tremendous effort to hide from the mainstream, like scientific breakthroughs that would lead us in the direction of, you know, believing that the universe is fundamentally conscious in nature. It's like everything we've been taught is trying to say it's not that way and that we're separate from everything, which in turn just creates more separation. Um, but I think we're really coming back to this, this sort of universal consciousness paradigm. This like, I hear that word everywhere, especially like in the spiritual community, this new paradigm, it's a new paradigm. (laughs) And, you know, before, I don't know about you, but before last year, I didn't even know that word. Like I never used it in any sentence, but now I feel like I'm using it a lot, but Yeah. yeah. Right. But it's like, just looking at the universe as alive and animate and conscious. So it's so interesting because some stuff I'm going to talk about later, it's like, it's crazy because certain scientific discoveries are often overlooked or they're never even like mentioned at all. Um, or they're just mentioned by themselves so that you don't get the whole context of what it was actually about. Like no one's really taken the bits and pieces and put them together and like come up with like a unified model of how it all fits together because we know this. I mean, we talk about this all the time. There's something to this consciousness. It's not just like locked up in your own head. It's consciousness is kind of like, I think I've heard it's kind of like a satellite TV. It's like when you think thoughts, you're broadcasting them, this frequency um, into the universe, like into the cosmos. Right. So this is an exciting episode. I'm pretty excited for it. I've got some things to tell you that when I tried them and found out, I was just like blown away. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so excited. So since physicists and wow, that is a mouthful. Tell us that 93% of the mass of our body is stardust. Why don't we start with the element of space? I don't know about you, but for me, it's very synonymous with cosmos, universe, stars, galaxies. Yeah. Stars for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, (laughs) there is like a complete energy, like And like physical, emotional, like experience just from standing underneath the stars and just looking at the stars, like you can feel it. And it's something that you easily can work with. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the influence of the space element itself is just limitless because space is limitless. Right. So I think actually the element of space itself is probably the most powerful and dominant because without it, the other four elements just couldn't exist. <laughs> so like, if there's no space, nothing can exist. Right. Can exist. Right. Um, so I also found it interesting too, when I was reading some materials earlier that like from the carbon content of our bodies to like the meteorites that crash and land, because we have so much history filled with like meteorites and there's, there's always some sort of history, right? There's big craters everywhere. And that these meteorites technically are planting like microbes on earth. So we're like, right. So like we're linked Mm -hmm. to the elements of exploding stars 
and the atoms of comets that fell to the earth. And then like everything in our, every element in our periodic table, I wasn't that good in chemistry, but Hey, this is what adult rating is for. So like every element in our periodic table, except hydrogen was created by an exploding star. Like, so literally without space, nothing, nothing would exist. And that just blows my mind. Seriously. Yeah. And that's amazing. (laughs) Can you tell I'm so excited about this? I'm like, this is so cool. Like, well, I mean, we are made of, I mean, we're made of stardust, like a star literally exploded so that we could be here. Yeah. And yeah, if you think about it too, it's like, I know there's lots of theories about even how just the earth was created. And I think it was like, there's one theory that it was bigger and then a meteor hit it. And then like, that's how we have our moon now to lots of fun things. Yeah. I've heard of that one before too. I don't know much about it, so I'm not even going to comment further on it, but I've definitely heard that one too. A lot of what you're saying right now, um, is also in ancient aliens, which is literally the only TV show I watch aliens, the office, and sometimes new girl. Okay. I'm new girls, you know, new girls, my (laughs) number one go-to show. If I need a laugh, cause I always laugh. I've seen every episode probably like 10 times and and my husband still laugh. Yeah. It's a good one. So to conclude the element of space, (laughs) One thing that you can definitely do is spend time looking at the stars. It's very, very simple. Maybe get a telescope. So simple. Um, It almost, what's coming to mind is like star bathing and just like sitting or laying out like underneath the stars and literally like bathing in that light. Sounds really amazing. And I might, I might do it tonight if the stars come out, but I know there's a meteor shower coming up too. I didn't know that. Do you know what it's called? Uh, no, I don't. And let me look it up. It might actually be coming at the meteor shower might actually be right now. So hold on. The meteor shower is starting right now while we're recording it, which is what's the date? July 27th, but it goes until July 23rd. I mean, August 23rd. So you might be able to catch a little glimpse of it here and there. And then there's another one that I really love in November sometime too. Definitely get out your telescopes. Oh, and I can't believe I almost forgot to share this with you. Okay. So, because I think it'll fall really good under the space element. There's something I just learned about and basically, okay. So I'll start by saying that Dr. James Spottiswood went through like 20 years of research into ESP, which is extrasensory perception, uh, anomalous cognition, which refers to just about any event where our thinking isn't following a mutually agreed on perception or experience of reality. So this could be like, for example, taking a psychedelic, (laughs) like a mushroom and some more common things such as hypnosis. Uh, he also looked at remote viewing, et cetera, and all these laboratory studies of the human psychic function. So what he was looking for was a universal time factor. So something that could keep showing up from time after time, which would help establish a time of day where your psychic ability would get better or would be like increased or heightened. 
So he wanted to see, for example, if at high noon, or I think some people call it solar moon, it's when the sun is right overhead. And he wanted to see if you would be more sight, if that made you more psychic. Um, so normally we think of noon um, as being when the clock reads 12 PM, but in astronomy, noon can also mean when the sun is at its highest point in the sky. So anyways, he took these studies and put them all together, but he actually wasn't able to find any particular piece of information. This is after like 20 years that told him that there was going to be something happening on a particular day at a particular time that would increase psychic ability. But that was until he found what is called side real time. It's spelled S-I-D-E-R-E-A-L. And basically, side real time is the time that it takes the Earth to orbit once relative to the center of the galaxy rather than to the sun. So it's a little bit different than, let's say, the time that it takes us to rotate around the sun because the solar system is moving through the galaxy. So our relative position to the galactic center changes because, you know, it's space and nothing is ever static. Even though we don't always feel the earth not moving, it moves. <laughs> so what his research revealed, and this is what I found freaking amazing, is that it appeared that at 13 hours and 30 minutes, local side real time, and this means side real time for wherever you specifically are in the world, that your psychic ability shoots up by 400%, not 50, not 80, not a hundred, like your psychic ability shoots up 400%. Okay. Like that's, that's freaking incredible. So essentially if you meditate when the galactic core is directly above your specific location, specifically your longitude, not your latitude, your psychic abilities will increase by 400%. And he did this over a, like a 20 year period of research. And then in the hour surrounding that time, it's heightened by 200 to 300%. So that's also to say, since all of our episodes have been on manifestation, that your powers of manifestation are like magnified intensely at this time of day. But I will say that due to the motion of the whole solar system around the galactic center, this time of day shifts backwards by about four minutes per day. So this is why it's called the side real motion of our solar system. And side real time is not just something that you can have fixed at a certain point of day. So it actually does change from day to day. So if you're going to go looking for this, you kind of need to keep checking it every day because it changes. And I figured this out for myself before I wanted to share it because I don't share things that doesn't work or I don't know how to do. So I can tell you how to find it yourself. So here's how you can calculate the peak moment of galactic power. We'll call it galactic power. So I will link below um, all the links for you so that you can, you know what I'm talking about. But basically the first thing you have to do is determine your own longitude as accurately as possible and then type it into the side real clock in the link that I'll link in the show notes. So, and you can find your, your longitude through Google earth, but honestly, I found that that kind of just threw me off a little bit. I found it way easier to use Google maps. Basically, I just typed in my address 
And then once it, it showed that, that, you know, that red balloon on the map, I right clicked it and the latitude and longitude were right there. And the longitude is the second set of numbers. And it'll either be followed by an E for East or W for West. And then, so basically when you go back to the side real clock website, you'll see, you should see where it says local date and time followed by your current local time. So once you find your precise longitude, you type this in and at the top, and then you'll be able to read the side real time accurately. Um, but definitely just double check that the local date and time is the same as your current time to make sure that you typed it in properly. So what you're looking for is the part that says local mean side real time. So when this clock reads 1330, because it's in 24 hour time, that is when the galactic core is overhead specifically for you, which means that for myself and Brianna, we're in different parts of the world. Our longitude is different. It will be, it won't be the same at the same time. So yeah, I actually recommend like writing this down, your especially your longitude for easy access and bookmarking this page on your website or on your phone so you don't have to look it up each time. But there's also an app I found too. Um, it can actually tell you when the side real time is specifically for you. And I'll, I can't remember what it's called, but I'll link it in the show notes as well. So basically, if you try to meditate, if you try to give yourself a intuitive reading, or if you're trying to do one for others, this, like your reading is going to be like 400% more accurate. Um, you're going to get a better reading. Like it's just, if you can time it out at this 13 and a half hours, or even the hour surrounding the timestamp, like it's, it's just incredible to me because he did this over 20 years of study. And I was trying to figure out why this works. So I look at, I looked into it a little bit more and it's basically like the center of the galaxy is a source of energy. So when you're aligned with the center of the galaxy, as you're standing here on earth and your position lines up with the center of the galaxy, there is literally a beam of energy that is streaming into you. And then you can liken this to the frequency of the energy that you're thinking with. So kind of like our metaphor at the beginning of being like a satellite TV and your thoughts are broadcasting out to the universe. It's like you're receiving this energetic reception. So, you know, as above, so below, it's pretty cool. And I want you to try it, Brianna, so you can tell me <laughs> if it works. Yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking I normally meditate in the afternoon. And so I'm wondering if it's like, or I'm sure it's around that time, that 1330, because it's literally like I'm the sun is usually like directly above me when I'm meditating. Yeah. See, you're thinking um, solar noon. This is different. So oh, like, yeah, it's not, I thought it, I'm confused. That's okay. okay. I thought it was, I thought the sun was above you. And then it, the galaxy went like, I thought no. it was aligned that way. Yeah, no, no. So Instead of how like, yeah, like in astrology, we talk about like this, there's like the talk of solar moon or solar noon and high noon. This is different because instead of the sun, it's the galactic center of the universe. So for me, I checked today, um, mine was around 6 30 PM. So uh, yeah, I know when I first did it too, that's why I didn't want to talk about it until I understood it. Cause I was waiting around like one 30 <laughs> trying to figure out yeah. why. <laughs> what's happening, but no. So yeah, for me and I'm in Toronto, I was definitely thinking it was that alignment through the sun. 
No, that's why like you have to check the app or the website because I thought the same thing and nope, I was wrong. Okay. Then I'll try it. (laughs) Yeah. It's cool. Don't worry. When I, when I link it in the, in the show notes, it'll make everything I said will probably make a lot more sense. thought it was the sun was above you. I I also have no idea what high noon is though either. So no worries. (laughs) This is me being like, I just, I just feel (laughs) like this this is me being like, what's science? Well, it's interesting because you have a lot of your readings in the evening. So all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, that might actually help like be influencing you from an energetic point because that hour in, mm-hmm. like around that time, it might be when you're doing your readings. I, I literally, this, I, yeah, I'm sure I'm intuitively doing it. This is how, <laughs> that's how I end up doing everything. I'll be like, wait, I've been doing this for years. And then I like learn that it's like this big, huge thing that I've been doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. That happened. I know. I've heard you say that a few times where like, we've talked about a scientific, like evidence-based like spirituality or spiritual mm-hmm. occurrence. And you knew about it anyways, like way before then you were already doing that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, you just explained what I've been doing, what I do like with science. I love it. <laughs> Me too. Okay. So if anyone tries that out, please let us know how your experiences with that is. And if you are still confused, please reach out to me and maybe I'll try to explain it a little bit better. <laughs> Definitely just use the app. <laughs> honestly, I was like, just, honestly, just, just the app. Once you figure out your longitude, just plug it into the app and the app will remind you every day when that specific time is for you. I've honestly. seen that word. I've seen that word come up too. I wonder if it's in any of the apps that I already have. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, this is what's hashtag manifesting with ease. There we go. A specific time of day. Yeah. Yeah. I know. For real. It just magically comes. <laughs> All right. So the next element is water, which is one of my favorite elements because I am a mermaid. And I mean, water, the water element is a huge life force. And, you know, it's known to just have healing powers and control emotions. And which is why it's also important to let your feelings flow freely like water. Yes. And it's super cleansing. Like it's one of my, like, uh, it almost feels like water can just like so easily hold you and nurture you and like cradle you. Someone, one of my neighbors, I have a lot of like really interesting neighbors and I live in a community area. So, and I'm like friends with like the people who have been here the longest. So they know everyone, but one of my neighbors, he goes diving and he's obsessed with it. And he said, it reminds him of like being in that womb space as like, before we come into this earth. So he just feels like the most at home and at peace, like completely submerged underwater. He just feels like so held and protected. That's so beautiful. And it's true because (laughs) I think I read this quote a long time ago that we live on a planet that's mostly water for humans that have no gills. Like we're a land animals and it's like, but our planet is mostly water. Like it's so interesting. And I owe every moment of peace in my life literally to water, whether it's a swim in the ocean, a bath, a shower. I agree with you. It's just so cleansing. And I love it because to clear my aura, that's like one of my go-to things is to just, I'm just going to go hop in the shower. 
I just need to like wash myself off from people's people's energy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Even the shower is, or you know what? I am obsessed with rain. If it's raining outside and especially if I'm not feeling that great, I will go outside and stand in the rain and just ask for like, it's awesome. Cause you can ground the earth and then you can like have the rain physically cleansing you. It's amazing. That's such a beautiful practice to, to bring your inner child when it's raining, go dance in the rain. And if you have the privacy, take off your clothes while you're doing it, <laughs> you know, just get completely cleansed from head to toe. And that'll probably definitely get you in touch with like your, the feminine divine feminine energy. Cause I know water is a yin energy. So, I mean, yeah. Oh, so good. And not, you know, I was just thinking too, that not only is our body not like the mass of our body, 93% stardust, we are literally walking bodies of water. Like the brain and the heart is 73% water. Our lungs are 83%. Our skin is 64%. Our muscles and kidneys are 79%. And our bones are 31%. Like we are walking oceans. That is amazing. Um, especially because water is like a conductor. So it's and like an amplifier too. I'm so happy you said that because later on I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> Yay. I only know that because my dear, my dear Nico, my partner, um, does like lots of electrical stuff. So he taught me that word. That's so good because water does have the capacity to hold energy. I actually heard that if you use a copper vessel to store water overnight, it's actually able to pull out positive energies. I haven't tried this myself, but I mean, it's science, right? So <laughs> it's science. So cool. Yeah. But this also means too, that what we put into our bodies in the form of quality water is important. And you know what? I could have a whole episode on this by myself because my husband is a water distributor for two different companies um, to filter your water, like the Kangen water machines and another one. I don't remember what the other one is. It's so important. So important. Structured water is important, but we'll get Mm -hmm. to that later. Yeah. I'm really picky about my water. I like have my water filter and very picky about the one that I'm using right now. And it's rare that I (laughs) like will happily go fill up my water bottle elsewhere. Like I leave my house. If I'm gone for the day, I have water bottles for the whole day full of water. We do the same thing. We have those gallon jugs and we fill like, yeah, quite a few up for the day. And if we go stay somewhere overnight at an Airbnb, we fill like 10 of them up. So yeah, we won't like drink from other, from tap water. I will never drink tap water again. I have not drank in tap water since July, 2020. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't even know the, I don't know if it feels like I've never drank tap water because my mom was always really, really picky about the water that we drank. And where I grew up, we had well water. So you had to filter it in order to drink it because of all of the super extra like dirt that was like in extra minerals, like too much, like a lot of places had way too much iron. So you couldn't drink it unless it was filtered. So I feel like I might've accidentally drank tap water if I was like in the bathroom and really thirsty. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) 
So it wasn't like, it was just like more out of survival. Than- <laughs> it was like me being at like someone's house, being really thirsty, being like, I don't want to go to the, like, or I would like feel awkward to like go ask for a glass of water. So I would just like be a real weirdo and drink from the bathroom sink, which is normal. It's not weird. <laughs> not weird. It's not, guys. No. It's not. really normal. So do you have any specific ways? I know we've talked about this in previous episodes, so I don't want to, like, I don't want to repeat too much from previous ones, but do you have any ways that you specifically connect with the water element or how to beyond, I guess, going beyond us just drinking, you know, really drinking high quality, like spring water. Yeah. Filtered lots water. of it. I yeah. love water so much. <laughs> um, every summer I get like a call to like just fully be submerged in water all of the time. So sometimes I literally will do that in like my bathtub if I can't get to like the ocean or a pond or a pool or something. I literally will just like go put my head underwater um, just because I feel called to. And I do that a lot, but another thing is literally just like walking in water. I'm barefoot all the time. Sometimes I like play in puddles. I, I play in the rain a lot. Like I love it. I'm here for it. Even I have, um, we have three, um, like squirt water bottles. They were to squirt my dear kitty cat, George, um, because he used to bite me a lot. So I like set the intention in the water to like help cleanse his energy. Cause he took on a lot of mine, but, um, he doesn't bite me anymore because we've figured that out. Um, but so we play with the, the water bot, like the squirt bottles. And even that I feel like is bringing an element of, and especially like an element of joy. Like my two-year-old daughter will bring a squirt bottle and like point it at me. And it's like the funniest thing ever. And then I have to run and go get a squirt bottle and start squirting her. That's so cute. And I guess it just goes back to how we start in water, right? So it's almost like such a good way to bring out that playfulness and that inner childness. Cause I know even when I was younger, even now I love swimming. I used to love just being in water. Same as you just submerging in water. I could stay, I could stay in water for hours. Like it it was one of those things where, yeah, I didn't need to talk to anybody. I didn't need to go anywhere. I just wanted to be in the water. That's all I wanted. And as I got older or like not even older, but maybe whenever I was in a pool, like by myself, I always felt weird because I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to like be and like be in the water. I didn't want to like play or like lounge on a float. I just wanted to like be in the water. I know exactly what you're saying. All right. Next element, the air element. And I mean, it's like air is pretty self-explanatory because this element is literally our most basic connection to life. I mean, our bodies can only survive if we breathe. So, and oh, I, I read this the other day too. You know, the word spirit comes from the Latin word spiritus actually meaning to breathe. Like that's, yeah. Did you know that? I don't think so. Yeah. It's so cool. cool. And I know I talked about this in the last episode because I'm reading the book Renegade Beauty by Nadine Artemis. And she, she wrote about air. She wrote that the atmosphere is an exhalation of the earth. Trees exhale and we live which I thought was just so beautiful because it's like, 
we live, we literally live, not only are we walking oceans ourselves, we live in an ocean of air and like without the breath, we would cease to exist. So we are actually all constantly recirculating breath, no matter what we wear over our faces, whether we're indoors or outdoors, whether we're in the city or the country, we all breathe the same air. We actually inhale oxygen, argon, and nitrogen. And basically argon is an inert gas, which means that it's a gas that doesn't undergo chemical reactions. And so it doesn't really interact with other elements. So this means (laughs) that as part of the earth's respiration cycle, ancestral argon molecules, which are like millions of years old, are still being inhaled and exhaled. So our breath is actually not our own. So I was thinking of this the other day when we're like, oh, I'm going to go get a breath of fresh air. That actually doesn't exist. There's no fresh air because we're actually connecting through breath to our own ancient ancestors and like animals, beasts, and plants. Because the air, the earth just recycles the air. It's not like new air is created. So that, when I learned that, I was just like, it's just incredible. Yeah. That makes me think of water too, because like the water is constantly being recycled. So it's like the same thing. Um, but growing up, I used to like always pretend to be a witch and it was like the air that made me like, feel like I actually was a witch, which is so amazing because, um, through lots of meditating and just like learning and healing, I have a lot of, um, like ancestors who were practicing witches. Where were you when I was 13? Because I needed a friend like you. (laughs) I was being a witch with one of my best friends. She's listening. She'll probably be listening to this, but then she moved away. And then we were, then we had to be witches on our own. I was the same thing. I was obsessed with the movie Practical Magic. And I I also found out from my Italian grandfather's side, we had witches in our family, like, yeah, down our ancestral line. Like, I think his great grandmother, he said was, was a, was a witch, which they're called stregas in Italy. Yeah. Even my grandmother was like, my family, I think both sides of my family were like, pretty into um catholicism but i were like looking at my grandmother's books and she has so much stuff about like psychics and like like she was like an inner witch and herbs she has all of this stuff like healing naturally and healing through plants and it's like girl you are a witch i love that because when we're done this element the next one will be earth and that's literally what what that's about especially plants yeah no that's it always amazes me that, I don't know, it shouldn't really amaze me anymore, but me and you are so similar, but like we were put on totally different sides of like the planet, not really different sides, but enough that it's, you know, it feels like, like there's a considerable distance are enough to be like, you know, if we could have just gotten together and closer, like 30 years ago, it would have been a lot easier. Oh my God. We would have, I know we would have had like our own universe. <laughs> Yeah, literally, because I right. I had my own universe. Even now, I like remember the world that I created as a child. Right? Oh, that would have been so much fun. I know. Okay. Oh, I want to mention too. 
we're talking about the air element. Um, and I also want to say that if this element is unbalanced within yourself, and I'm saying this because <laughs> it's definitely happened to me a lot lately, um, it has the capacity to bring nervous agitation, fear, and anxiety. Uh, just because like, I've been feeling a lot of mental chatter lately, and that's associated a lot with the air element. So some things that you can do is like to spend some time watching clouds float around in the sky. And as I'm saying this, I love that we're talking about like all these different, like playful inner child things to do, because I remember doing that, getting a blanket and just kind of like watching the clouds and seeing what shapes form and, oh, and Brianna, you're going to love this one spending time bird watching because <laughs> you do that. My favorite. <laughs> I love it. Oh, and also cut down on caffeine and other stimulants. If you can, yeah. if you find that, yeah. If your air element is unbalanced. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Um, and breath work. Yes. Breath work is so powerful and it just takes whatever it is that needs to get moved and it throws it away. <laughs> like it just shoves it out for you. It is the best. It's so hard for me to do it though. Cause it's like, my ego is so resistant. It's like, no, <laughs> my, I'm like trying not to go through the ego death that I like so desperately am craving, <laughs> but breath work will do it for you. Oh my God. You can say that again. <laughs> it definitely does. So then you exhale all the bullshit out. That's right. Oh, it's so good. And too, like when I do breath work, I like forget where I am. Like at first I'm like, oh my God, this is so challenging. And then it's like instant, like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure <laughs> what is moving, but it's moving and we're done. Oh my God. I just thought of something too. Do you not, do you ever feel like when you do breath work, you actually experience all the elements? Like I feel solid, oh, like into the earth. Yeah. Then I feel fire yeah. in this, like through the sensations of my body. And then like, mm -hmm. I'll cry and that's water. Right. And then yeah, it's like, lots of crying. yeah, I'm like, oh my God, actually you kind of experience all. The yeah. And it's too, like, for me, I always get really cold when I'm doing it with breathing. Like, so it brings in this, like that space element. I love it. That's so good. Oh, I have another one you could do too. Um, okay. It's so funny. We talked about star bathing. You can bathe in the water. Literally, you can bathe with all these elements. Oh, yeah. We can air bathing. Yeah, air bathing. Yeah. I would say do it naked though. Cause it's if you have the privacy, air bathe naked. Yeah. You know, Benjamin Franklin used to do that when it was like cooler outside. So basically, when people used to say that cold air brought you colds and like sickness, yeah. He didn't he didn't believe that. He thought that same, it actually, same it ben was, Franklin. yeah, right. It's like, he said that it was being kept indoors with poor ventilation is what's making you sick. So he would go, he would be found like literally in the nude, like just sitting in the cold air. He'd have his windows open and he, people, not people, I don't know. Cause I didn't talk to them They're I'm pretty sure they're all deceased now, but they were basically like, they would find him just sitting in front of his windows naked, just getting the cool air on him. So if you I do that. Yeah, do it. I do that after the, after the shower, even in the winter, I open my um, window in my bathroom and then I stand there for a sec. Yeah, do it. It's so good. Like even in the winter on the cooler, the cooler nights or the cooler days. Yeah. Just oh. side and open the windows and be naked. Yes. Just let the air bathe your beautiful skin. <laughs> and the winter 
air. Like I know here it's like really painful sometimes to breathe when it gets cold, but that's like my favorite because it's like so incredibly cleansing for me. That is like my favorite. And you can really feel the air too. So it's almost like it gives you that element of presence. You can Mm -hmm. feel the coldness go into your lungs. You can feel your organs. (laughs) Yeah, you literally can feel it go everywhere. (laughs) Oh, and since you were talking about plants, let's get on to the earth element. So I'm pretty sure it's no surprise that earth is a source of stability. I mean, I know the root chakra is connected to the earth element and because earth represents balance and dominates center and diagonal directions, you know, the four cardinal directions, North, East, South, and West. Um, so yeah, I mean, we talk about this. I find this element is talked a lot in our episodes because we're all, we're always talking about getting grounded, <laughs> but speaking of bathing, you can also earth bathe. <laughs> and basically it's just connecting skin to soil because it creates an electrically charged conduit that sinks our electromagnetic field with the earth's pretty simple. Do it naked too. If you can everything yeah. naked. and everything naked. I do this all the time. I will go outside and, um, hang out with my BFF neighbor and she's always like, do you want a chair? And I'm like, Nope, I'm just going to lay down in the grass. And like all of these things, I'm like, I do all of these bathing things already. All of them. Yep. I'm not surprised at all. And we do the same thing. People will be like, do you want a chair? No, me and Justin always sit on the grass. We don't. Yeah. I don't need to. Yeah. Or I like anytime I'm outside, I take my shoes off or so cute. Yesterday I was um, meditating outside and one of my neighbors came over and was like, are you okay? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I'm just meditating. Don't mind me. I I can't wait for the day where that's just normal and we're all just meditating on our front lawns with our face to the sun and we're all just sitting there on the grass, you know, like before people go to work, everyone's just like, you know, recharging and sinking themselves with the earth. And then that's how we start our day. That would have been great if that's something we were taught in schools, right? (laughs) I know. I know it's important. I feel like I kind of was taught that in school because we had a lot of outdoor classrooms and oh, that's so good. That, that's where I found like a huge connection with earth because we would sit on the grass and then I would um, play with it with my hands in it. Cause I was like forced to like do nothing outside or like just sitting there. So obviously I would just, I would do things of course. And that's good. See, there you go. You just mentioned one putting your hands in the earth. Very good for grounding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm playing with the grass. is like my favorite. Yeah. I used to dig for worms. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. my thing. <laughs> I loved it growing up. Yeah. Uh, we did that too. And like, um, when it rains here, you get like frogs a lot that come out. And then the, we have like big night crawler worms that come out and, uh, we used to have a lot of fun playing with those. Yeah. Cause it makes sense though. I mean, we are linked to the earth what we do to our bodies, we also do to the earth. And then what we do to the earth, we do to our bodies. It's such a mirror. Everything is such a mirror. And I, I don't know why I say this with like amazement in my voice, but sometimes you forget, you know, you get so programmed and conditioned into the everyday, like mundane of the three-dimensional matrix that we live in that we forget that like, Hey, everything is a part of us and we're a part of everything. So, which I think is comforting too, when you feel alone in the world. 
And I was thinking about what you were saying when we were talking about our preteen witch selves and like <laughs> using essential oils and plant botanicals. And I think that's such a beautiful way to honor nature too, because it's, you know, it's so interesting how our world, our society is so manipulated into believing and thinking that prescription medication is the go-to. It's the only thing that will make us better. But every prescription medication was first taken from a plant and then they synthesized it and made it like they took certain chemicals and properties out and made it into a pill. So everything, every medicine that we have originally came from a plant. Wow. Well, Native Americans lived to be like well in their 70s. So like, mm, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's so important to just make small changes, right? Like, I mean, buying organic food, fruits and vegetables and food, eating as close to the earth as possible, um, staying away from pesticides because pesticides actually destroy the life forms within the natural soil that are actually made to sustain our bodies. Like these bacteria were meant to live in harmony with all of this because we're made out of nature. I think that's why it comes back to just really this remembrance and this way of life that it's there. You can see it. It's like, it's like hidden in the background and it's slowly, like the curtains are slowly starting to open where people are thinking, yeah, you know what? Maybe there was something to that. I mean, all those ancient cultures lived for so long and, you know, they seemed pretty happy. <laughs> yeah. And they're still doing it. There's some tribes that like yes. don't really interfere with the modern world and they're like living the dream. Right. I wanted to say too, when you were talking about eat as close to the earth as possible, um, also try and eat locally. Like we joined farm shares this year. So all of our food is coming from local farms. So a farm share, if you don't know what it is, you basically buy into the harvest of a farm and then you go and pick it up like every week or every two weeks or whatever you decide to do with it. And that for me has brought me like one of the most biggest connections to the earth is just eating local food that has been grown like where you live, where you walk. And even our patio, we have a big patio garden. And one of my favorite things right now we have green beans and I just go outside and I like eat green beans whenever I want. It's amazing. And that's when the foods too have like the highest frequency, like right when they're fresh picked. So if you think about it, when you go to buy food at a grocery store, think of the travel that it goes to from where it was grown and then being picked by someone who is probably being underpaid. And then it has to like go sit on a truck for probably days. And then it goes through that whole process of just getting to your shelf on the grocery. And it brings that like vitality and life force of the food down. So if you get it, the closer you get it, like to you and like the has like the least amount of trauma like input into the food so that means that you are not bringing that trauma into your happy little body which makes so 
like, this is all kind of connecting for me now too, because I normally shop at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and recently I've been like, their produce is the worst. I can't stand it. But it makes sense that I'm like experiencing this like produce that like realistically has that like trauma that it's experienced within it as like compared to this the produce that like happy people are picking for me. And then they're just like walking it into their farm stand. I'm so happy you mentioned that (laughs) because it makes so much sense. As you were saying that I was like, yeah, from soil to table, (laughs) it's literally what you're doing. And it kind of just goes back to that, right. That older way. I don't want to say older. I don't like using that word. It's like that. Um, I guess more it's it's like, um, doing things. (laughs) Yeah. Or even intuitive way. Like, cause if you sit and think like, how am I going to grow this? And then you just like play around with it. You don't like, I'm sure you'll figure it out. If you like get quiet and listen to yourself. That's, that's exactly it. It's just, and then becoming more in tune with the elements really brings you in tune with yourself. So that's really, that's what it's about. It's this connection. Okay. So we have two elements left. Next one is the fire element. I don't think we'll talk too much about this because I feel like our last episode, season of fire, literally talked about fire and all these, right? Maybe that's why last week we were like, hey, maybe we should do an elements episode, right? Kind of, we're starting it. That's exactly it. But basically, I mean, fire is the driving force behind all of life processes, really. I mean, and when it's in it, when fire, the fire element within yourself is in a balanced state. I mean, it induces power and confidence, fame, recognition. I mean, look, that's Leo season right there. <laughs> element of fire, all of those things. Uh, and the fire element is the element of love, really. I mean, think about passion, right? And inspiration and expression and creativity, literally one of my favorite elements. It's like that spark inside when we talk about being lit up inside. That's what that is. And the fire element has been worshiped in various forms across religions. And I mean, one of the most notable ones, I guess, is how the ancient Egyptians worshiped the sun, but I want to leave the sun for the light element. So I won't get into that. But basically I was thinking too earlier that fire is really the most powerful because if you think about it, fire destroys and it creates, it can be used for both. Like that is a powerful force. And we all have that element within ourselves. We have the power to create and the power to destroy. And that's pretty powerful Yeah, when, well, when think- used correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> think about wildfires too. It's like they literally just, the fire destroys an area, but it also makes like room for new growth to come in. It's interesting because it's almost like it hits both polarities to almost find a neutral, like fire itself is neutral until it's just depends on the way that it's wielded. Right. So if it's going to destroy something, right, then it, then it's a destroyer, but it can also create life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, the ways we talked about it in last week's episode. So if you want to listen there's two things you can do to stoke your inner fire, the lion's breath and breath of fire. And this is also a really good time to make time for creative expression. If you want to like really enhance that fire element within yourself. And also because fire is passionate, make some love, man, like make more love, make more art, you know, like 
Find healthy ways to burn off nervous energy. Next element is one of my favorites as well. The element of light. It's also one of your guides. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Also part of my soul history, but all of us really. Oh yeah. Also that was me. We're also, we're all hot. We're all beings of light. So. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was listening to, um, Brie Mellinson has this really beautiful heart coherence meditation on insight timer. And I was in such like a horrible, terrible, grumpy mood. And I was listening to it. I put it on today while I was driving and like, as soon as I put it on, I got like the nudge that was like, this is how easy it is to come back to you. Like you literally just sit here and breathe into your heart and focus on your heart. Like you're the only one, like holding up the story that like things are hard. So like, just (laughs) let go of that and just drop into your heart. But in this meditation, she talks about, um, like your light and then seeing the light of others. And one of the things that I really resonate with is being a pillar of light. Like I am literally just a pillar of light when it, like at the end of the day, that is all I am. And everything else is like a story that I create for myself or a story that you create for yourself to see me. Um, and it's so helpful for me when I view other people as a pillar of light as well, because then you let go of the story that you create around them. And it's just like light to light, soul to soul, like at like in your purest essence, that's just all you are is light. That's exactly it. And I'm going to get a little scientific now. <laughs> so let's throw some more science and they're talking. I mean, how can we talk about Yay. light and not talk about science? Right. So, okay. I have to tell you about this because it just, it blew me away. And I think that more people need to know about this because it could literally change the future of like our health. So there is a German scientist in biophysics who focuses on biophotonics and his name is Dr. Fritz Albert Pop. And he was one of the scientists that found out originally in the 1970s that there is a component to human health and specifically cancer that is based entirely on light. So this is a pretty incredible, fascinating discovery because he was, he was looking at what makes the chemical cause cancer. So what he found was that every carcinogen scrambles light at an ultraviolet range of 380 nanometers, which means that it's just above visible light. So you can't see it because visible light stops at 400 nanometers. And this goes up to 380. So it's out there and it just goes higher and higher as the wavelength gets higher. The actual distance of the wave gets less, which is an important point. So what's going on here is that it seems that light is being used by your DNA, that your DNA is storing light. And then it shoots out like a little signal that the light is being used to telegraph information to your other cells. So it says to the cell, stop reproducing because really all cancer is, is a cell that doesn't know when to stop reproducing. It just grows and grows and grows. So what if the real basis of health is photonic? Like the amount of photons stored in your DNA is equivalent to your level of health because you're, we, not just you, we are a being of light. So we're storing light 
for our health. Because this doctor also found out that when you're sick, the light reduces in that part of your body. So he started targeting um, in the lab cell, like cancerous cells. And when he targeted it with light, the cells weren't cancerous anymore. So think about that. We have two natural light sources. We have the sun and the moon. And I'm getting so excited because we kind of like talked about this last week as well. No, that's something that I've always like intuitively felt. Um, (laughs) Yeah, especially the sun. I feel like the sun has the power to heal so much. Well, yeah. And I mean, and currently we live in such a sunlight deprived society. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, (laughs) the sun is a star and we're 93% stardust. So why do we fear what we are? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And think about it too. Even going back to like our current theme of like going, getting back to like the root of like these old traditions and like more so of these ancient ways, like the ancient people like hung out in the sun all day long. Like that's just what they did. And they were super connected. And now like we literally just like stay inside. Don't see the sun like ever. That's what I mean. Like, so there's like fine filaments like of our bodies that are covered with thousands of vitamin D receptors that are literally designed as antennas going back to that whole like satellite TV analogy for the sun rays and vitamin D is it's a steroid hormone that illuminates our immune system and benefits every organ and cell. So it's like, you're like exactly like you said, it is healing. I mean, The Greeks used a therapy. I think it was called heliosis. Um, and the Romans, like there was actually, I think I, there's legislation in Rome, um, in like ancient Rome that people had to have solariums in their houses, like specific areas where they bathed in the sun. Yeah. A lot of times for babies, uh, they have, they take a vitamin D, um, like a vitamin when they get to a certain age and, our doctor is holistic. And when I asked her about it, she was like, uh, just spend 15 minutes in the sun. Like, and she was like, even in the winter, you know, that like happy little patch of sunlight, a cat would lay in. She's like, sit in there 15 minutes. That's all you need. You don't need a vitamin. Oh yeah. Like there are studies that say like children that have been deprived of sunlight as children don't develop the same way as it, you know, you would, as if you were exposed to sunlight on a constant basis, obviously in a safe and appropriate way. Um, but yeah, oh, it's so important. I mean, oh, and let's get back to the element of water. I know I said, we'll get back. Like I told you later, I was like, oh, I've got something to say later on. But so you were talking about water being a conductor, right? And you're right. So water can carry an electrical charge. And there was this professor of bioengineering. I think his name was Dr. Gerald Polak. And he describes water that is structured in our cells as a battery that can hold and deliver energy. So if you think of like a battery, you know, you have like the positive on the one and the negative on the other. So our cells are exposed to energy as near infrared light. And what is near infrared light? It is ultraviolet sunlight. So when the water in the cell is hit by light, the water actually splits into positive and negative ions, which is the same 
first step as photosynthesis, the same as plants. So this separation of charge is stored in like a cellular battery as potential energy. And then if you think about what I just talked about with Dr. Fritz, Albert pop with light and cancer, I mean, he discovered that when you're sick, the light reduces in that part of your body. So we, which just means that we need to give it more light. We're solar powered humans, much like the nature and the elements around us. So our skin's relationship to sunlight is our human form of photosynthesis. Like we're plants. It's all about being, you know, we're planted in the earth to grow. It literally, that's literally what we are. And then we bloom. And we have our seasons. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And when I'm feeling tired, I always sit outside under the sun. Like if it's sunny, uh, and how do I you mean, feel after I feel amazing. I feel energized. Like if I'm tired, if I lay outside in the sun, if I can get like a solid, like 30 minutes, it's like drinking like four cups of coffee, it's like energy for the rest of the day. But that's exactly why, because our bodies do the same thing as plants. We photosynthesize. So we store when that ultraviolet light from the sun hits our cells, we store that energy. Yeah. Literally the cure. I remember, I know like back in ancient times as well, in ancient eras, the sunlight was like the cure for everything. But somehow we lost that when pharmaceutical companies wanted to make money and take over. (laughs) <laughs> when they had the cure for everything. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. So speaking of sun of the sun, let's go back once again. Like I said, you can bathe with every single element sun bathing as Brianna was just talking about, because the sun is also yang energy, which also is like a fiery energy too. Um, so sun gazing is really good. And basically many people don't sun gaze like, you know, like they're, I understand like it's, um, a lot of people don't want to look directly at the sun because it can be damaging to your cornea and your retinas. However, you can sun gaze. Like there's a practice you can do where you look at the sun as it rises or as it sets, because it's actually safe to look at the sun within the hour after sunrise or within the hour before sunset, because ultraviolet levels are at zero. So you can start with like 30 seconds every day to acclimate your eyes to the sun and then kind of just build from there, you know, next day, 30 seconds and 30 seconds after. And then, you know, you kind of just work your way up. Um, (laughs) right. All right. That's another thing that I've been doing since I was a child. Like (laughs) I, my dad used to go, um, fishing and one of my favorite like reasons like why I would go with him was I would watch the sunsets. Um, but I would like very like focused. I was very focused on the sun and even the same thing when the sun is rising, like I can easily watch it. I can easily look at the sun rise and, um, and set and even just like, yeah, it's so good for you. Like it's because <laughs> we really should only be wearing sunglasses only if it's like absolutely necessary. Oh yeah. I don't wear sunglasses anymore. Um, and I don't wear them just because it's hard to wear them (laughs) with the toddler that like takes them off of you. Um, but I bought some and I wore them the other day when I wasn't with her and I was like, I like can't see in them now that I wear them, but I have now that I haven't worn them. Yeah. Probably because your eyes have acclimated to like the sun. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, right. So absorption of sunlight by the eyes is actually the most direct path of communication between the sun and our brains. 
Uh, so when like the full spectrum of light rays is intercepted in the retina, it's actually positively encoded in the brain. And then it releases, you know, all these beautiful, um, chemicals that kind of make you feel high, I guess. <laughs> like, um, and it's good because like when the sunlight also enters our eyes and also when the sunlight enters our eyes, it stimulates our pineal gland, which is connected to the hypothalamus where the sun energy triggers like vital magnetic electrical and chemical reactions in the human body. So that is literally your dose of serotonin right there. If you're feeling low, go sit outside, gaze at the sun, obviously do it safely. <laughs> so we've talked a lot about the sun. So the other element of light that I want to talk about really quickly is the moon. Cause that is also a luminary. <laughs> They're both luminaries. So also another planetary body that we can receive light from and moonlight is actually just the absorbed and reflected rays of the sun shining on the earth. So, and it's a very yin energy and the best time to moon bathe once again, to try to do it naked. If you have the privacy, um, is in the waxing gibbous, the wanning gibbous and the full moon phases. But yeah, basically you just kind of walk barefoot on the earth with your eyes open to the moon, you know, staring, gazing at that beautiful light being in the sky, and then just connecting with the cosmic wavelengths of the rays. Pretty simple, pretty beautiful too. Very poetic. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Right. Oh, since you, you love plants and you love gardening, right? Mm -hmm. um, I was going to mention too, that you can actually plant flowers that bloom at night. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who's like aromas are aphrodisiac reducing stress and Amazing. blood pressure. Um, I'll give you a couple. So there's evening primrose, vining moonflower, night flocks, evening stock, flowering tobacco and night blooming jasmine. So there you oh go. my God. Night blooming jasmine. We had, um, moonflowers growing up and I am, obsessed with them. Like so obsessed with them. It was like my favorite part. And like, that's one of my favorite times of the day is when the sun is starting to set and when the sun is starting to rise. So I remember as a little kid when the sun would set and then I would like the big moon flowers would open up and they smelled so good. It was like my favorite. I'm so happy you've had that experience because I, I don't think I've ever experienced that. I mean, not consciously knowing I may have passed by when I lived in Australia, cause there's so many flowers everywhere and so many tropical, beautiful yeah. plants. But now I think I'm going to have to go buy a moonflower. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. I've been meaning to plant them, um, for the last few years, like I'll get the seeds, but, um, it's just hard finding a place to plant them on my little, my little balcony. But they'll probably get so much good moonlight. Do you get the yeah. moon? Um, yeah, well, mm, for the second part of the night. Yeah. And then keeping in the theme of moon, um, let's talk about moon circles too. And that's something. So a lot of the downloads that I was getting during this episode incorporate all of the elements. So how powerful is it that we know what each element does and like certain ways that we can work with them, but through like moon circles, you can bring them all together. And so you want to bring in those elements, um, just into your moon circle and 
I know when I was first starting making moon circles, I was really specific on certain ways that I did it, but really do it whatever way resonates with you. Like sit down and be like, this is just how I've been feeling. And that's how it's going to go. Um, for me, I would place myself in the center of the circle and then I would bring in an element and of not an element, like an object from each element. So I, and if you think about it, if you have an abalone shell, um, like with a holder and a feather and, um, something that you can light, that's like all of the elements that, cause you have earth from the holder, you have water from the shell, you have fire from the candle or, um, anything that you're burning in it. And then you have air from the feather and, but so let's see, so let's go with air. Some of the things I usually would always bring in feathers for air, um, do you have anything like an object that you ever used for air? Feathers, because I have so many feathers. Yeah. Okay. So we have feathers and then fire. I always used um, a candle. Yeah. I really always used a candle for water elements. Water, a bowl of yeah. water. Um, what I actually used to do is I, would, I used to make moon water. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Or even in my circle, I would have um, like a mason jar of filled with water. And then that would be my water element in the moon circle. And then after the moon circle, I would take the jar of water and place it outside for it to bathe in the moonlight. And then I would bring it in and I would use it for literally whatever I wanted. Sometimes I would water my plant with the moon water, or I would put it in my bathtub and moon water, just like, it's really, I really liked it for manifesting too, or like protecting or cleansing, I would really just set it to do whatever, literally whatever I wanted. Um, I think that's all the elements that those, and then, so I would place myself in the center and I would put like air in front of me, earth to the right of me, water behind me, and then fire to the left of me. And they also said that the connection to the cosmos is you. So like you are your divine channel and that's where you're bringing in the cosmos. And of course, because it's a moon circle, that's bringing in the element of light. So that would be something fun that you could try and do. I um, like to do them during the new moons and the full moons. And another thing, Steph, I think you brought, talked about this when you were talking about air, how it's like, sometimes you have too much air that you're experiencing it. Then you want to bring in the opposite element of air, which is earth. And then that will help you kind of feel a little bit better, but you can do that with all of the elements. So if you feel like you're too watery, bring in fire and you can go even a little bit deeper with this, um, in your astrology chart. So Deborah Silverman has a book, it's called the missing element. And she talks about the missing element in your birth chart. So I think for me, I'm missing air. I only have like one planet in air, I think. So to help me feel a little bit better and a little bit more rounded out, I bring in the opposite of air into my life. Um, the opposite of air is earth, which (laughs) is really like one of my least favorite things. Cause it's like work. I feel like just getting things done and being kind of like scheduled and rigid. So in order, like me bringing more of that into my life will help me feel a little bit more rounded. Yeah. As you were saying that, that made me think of Virgo. Cause Virgo is, those are the qualities of Virgo and it's an earth. It's an earth element. Yeah. And Capricorn. And I have, I have a stellium in Capricorn. I have like three or four 
I think I have four planets in Capricorn and I'm always like, why Capricorn? Why? (laughs) I was going to say, because you're like, so the opposite of that too. You're more Pisces and go with the flow and unstructured. So it's interesting Mm -hmm. that you have like a stellium in a sign that is a little bit more rigid. Yeah. It's intense earth sign. Like to me, Capricorn is like just like the earth of all earth when it comes to like, um, and I think that's the only earth sign that I have in my chart. Like, I know I have like houses for Virgo and Taurus, but it's really the only one that is (laughs) that I have planets in. And Capricorn is all about like your work and your legacy and Mm -hmm. your career. And so that's, yeah, that's, that's a strong one. Yeah. So much. And it's in, um, it's in my house, all about family and like communities. So it's very interesting. All that stuff. <laughs> it sounds intense. <laughs> yeah, it is so intense. Cause with my Saturn return, like during my Saturn return, I was, uh, creating a business, like being in communities and working with families and just making a difference, like through the community. And then after my Saturn return, it was like, Nope, you got it wrong. That's not what you were supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah. My Saturn is zero degrees Capricorn. And I, yeah, I had my Saturn return in Capricorn as well. So it's, yeah. And I, <laughs> I know what you mean. Cause my whole life, my whole career changed, literally left like a government job, went, sold all my things, traveled the world. Like it was definitely a Saturn return year or two. Yeah. <laughs> I was going through my Saturn return and I was like, why couldn't my Saturn have been in Sagittarius? Like, why couldn't my Saturn return to be all about me? Like learning how to have fun and like experiencing life instead of like just growing up. Like right. I know your Saturn return makes you grow up, but like, I feel like Capricorn is like a boring grow up. I feel you. I do. I really do. But that moon circle was so beautiful. We might actually have to start doing moon circles um, at some point for our listeners, maybe something we can do in the future. Yeah. Um, I really want to start doing them. It's like on my list of messages that I'm getting is like, start being like putting on moon circles and being in it and starting to create them. Hey listeners, hold us accountable. <laughs> Make sure that we do them. This is our intention. This, um, this is us setting the intention that it's going to be manifested. So we'll That's just exactly keep, it. now we'll just listen to the messages of how it's going to get to us. It's coming. It's coming. Wow. So this was a very informative episode. (laughs) I feel like because we've been creating lifestyles that quarantine us from the elements, but it's the elements that keep us alive. They are us and we are them. The instinctive, the intuitive mixing of elements with the stellar constellation of your spirit. So if you're thinking, oh my God, ladies, this was a lot of information. Just start with a general gratitude for just being alive. I mean, a star exploded so that you could be here in this physical form on this physical earth. Now that's just pretty damn magical right there. That's so beautiful. I really love that. And I feel like what I have to say next is going to be really boring because it's just me thanking everyone for listening to this episode. Um, I know that we both had like a lot of fun doing it. 
and let us know if any of this resonates with you. And I would really love to start getting our Telegram group up and going and talking and just kind of really being able to connect more on that personal level. So if you're on Telegram or if you're not on Telegram, just download the app and then make a profile. It's really easy. There's lots of like such great community on there. Um, And then you can find our chat. It's the When in Bloom podcast. And there's a link to that in the show notes. And I hope you have an amazing week. And remember, we are doing our energy for the week ahead on our Instagram now. So you can go check that out on our Instagram page. And ooh, I'll put that in the Telegram group too. See you all next week. Thank you.